All right, in the net this morning, uh, Nebraska's 58. Wisconsin is 11. A lot of the uh, brackets uh, today. Creighton has slipped, uh, not slipped, they've moved up. Uh, they're on a lot of three lines. Uh, Nebraska, for example, in USA Today, has dropped down to a 10 for the first time in a while. That might be decent, though, if they were to stay either in that 7-10 line because if you're able to get past that first game, because, yes, I'm looking ahead, you at least get a 2 instead of a 1, but still, I know it's matchups. Uh, Jimmy? I'm trying to be positive. You haven't been around here very long. Uh, (laughs) Nebraska's been in the NCAA tournament one time since 1998, and they have never won a game. I know. Trying to manifest it. Baby steps. Uh, But tonight, it'll be a huge game for Nebraska. Huge opportunity. The next three games are quad ones. Two of them are on the road. Uh, the real Nebraska on the road is not like the Nebraska at home where Nebraska plays more into the crowd. They have more energy. They have more confidence. Uh, they seem to win more 50-50 balls, um, but that can only go so far, and tonight will be a... I'm telling you, I, I'm enamored with Wisconsin um, because all of a sudden they have an offense. I mean, they're, offici- yeah. they're, they're number four in Ken Palm in offensive efficiency. And they have so many different weapons. Um, their parts fit together really, really well. But the story last year was Wisconsin got a big lead and kind of played with their food for a while. They were up 17. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chucky hit a three, what, early in the second half? Yeah. Put them up 17? Yep. I remember that. Uh, and then after that, uh, Nebraska, Sam Hoiberg was important. Nebraska slowly got back into the game, and you know how it ended up. Nebraska came back and won. But the story of that game was answering the boos for Chucky. He was booed in the introductions. He was booed every time he touched the basketball. And, you know, people were a little upset because um, a local guy came back, played at Nebraska. Why are you booing him? Other people were like, Psh, I'm going to boo him. I don't care. I, I, so I asked the question. Uh, I asked the question on air. I said, okay, so let's look at this. Why were you booing him? Because he's the best player on Wisconsin, and that's what you do? Okay. Because yeah, he didn't go to Nebraska? Hmm. Let's have let's have a discussion on why he didn't end up at Nebraska. And it's a weird dynamic, you know. I mean, Chucky's coming back home. I mean, a lot of people there that know Chucky, that watch mm-hmm. Chucky at Bellevue West, knows Chucky is a dude on the floor and wishes him well, except when they're playing Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. But if you were booing him because he didn't stay in state and went out of state, well, do you know the backstory? Enlighten me. I don't know the full backstory on this. So I, I'm convinced to this day that if Tim Miles would have remained the head coach and Michael Lewis was still on his staff, that they would have found a way to keep Chucky in state and at Nebraska. What happened? Miles? Yep. No Michael Lewis? Hey, I watched Michael Lewis when the Metro uh, Holiday Tournament was over at uh, Ralston. Bellevue West won a game. It might have been might have been prep. It was a really good game. Um, and I was sitting with Coach Lou, and we went back where the locker rooms are. And he went up to Coach Woodard, and he goes, "Hey, can I go in and talk to Chucky?" Coach Lou walked into the Bellevue West locker room, and him and Chucky had this huge embrace. Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Gosh, like father and son." Wow. I think Greg's going to be jealous. I mean, Chucky's hiring this bold, <laughs> bold man in the locker room. Um, but they, like, Coach Lou, he, he, he kept me up to date. He was like, you know what? We really like where we are with Chucky and Hunter. Mm-hmm. Okay, and he, they were, they were recruiting him hard, building a relationship, and they're not here. Chucky goes to a place that was a better fit for him. Yeah. 
when you have the unknown of what's at Nebraska. And so goes to Wisconsin is, you know, has had a had a good career, but they haven't won probably as much as he's used to winning in his you know winning in his his basketball career. But this year he doesn't have to be the guy that scores fifteen like I was saying earlier. Mm-hmm. He can be a guy that's at seven and a half. What yep. is he at seven and a half? Yep, a seven game? and a half. Yep. So he's at seven, three, and four as average. You'd be like, man, that's a bad year. I'm here to tell you, it's a good year for him because he's a facilitator, and when he needs to score, he's scoring. Yep. So it's kind of like he was in in high school. But if you're booing him because he left state, you're wrong. Now you know the story. If you're booing him because he's the best player and that's what you do because you did the same thing with Edie, yeah. okay. You're consistent, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, it, it, and that's the... And I don't, I, don't, I don't know if it'll be to the extent that it was last year. Um, I think the crowd, you know, last year's crowd was, you know, the, Nebraska was in a different spot than they are this year, of course, and we're, we're talking about the NCAA tournament uh, last year. Place will be rocking, mm-hmm. and I'm sure they will let Chucky hear it. But I just, I ask, why? Why? Because if, if you are, because the, the guy turned us down. Well, I just told you why he turned us down. I don't think it was his fault. Well, and, and isn't there, there's usually... A story to that too. I mean, and that's why if you are booing anyone that does not go the home state route, that goes elsewhere, I would like to think most people, if they are so hell bent on being critical to the point that they're going to boo, that they would at least try to learn about that story well, before, do you think, before uh, booing. I don't recall. Did um, did people get their opportunity to boo Ernest Hausman back in September? I mean, he did play some. He played some of that game. I don't remember if there was really anything overly hostile about Ernest Hausman. Yeah, I don't recall that at all. And then if you booed him that game, you were like, "Whoa, Harbaugh's leaving." I like Ernest. Yeah, come back. Were you doing the? Are you doing the same thing about Chucky? Hey, that's a great point. Hey, hey Ted, next to me, don't boo so loud because <laughs> what if Chucky's at Nebraska next year? Mm-hmm. What if Chucky would be at Nebraska right now? You know, Ted, that's not so far fetched. So, so keep your booing, keep your booing, booing to a minimum. And we all know Ted likes to boo a lot. Uh, the the maybe the source of frustration is this isn't. I, I don't even think this crosses people's mind if they are of the the booing variety. But the fact that Chucky Hepburn represents a position that Nebraska has been thirsting for in the Fred Hoiberg era, at least oh, a it, true. It makes such a difference. A true point guard. Well, a point guard that when they need to turn the light switch on, they can turn it on with and go get you a bucket. Yeah. Now, Chuck, we'll look at his game against Nebraska Chuck this year. Chucky's shot selection when Wisconsin was up 17 last year and Nebraska was coming back, wasn't good. Wasn't good. Wasn't as good as it was for the first 22 minutes of that game. But, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right, Nick. A point guard, mm-hmm. ball in his hands, can facilitate, make other, everybody else on the floor better. Yeah. And then... When you need a bucket on the road, when things are going south, you get a bucket, or you don't need to turn the ball over. You're going to hold on to the ball, ball and make the right play. Shot might not go in, but you're going to make the right play. Don't people, in general, when you are either booing an athlete or showing some frustration towards an, an opposing athlete, that at one point, either even if they weren't in state, that you were in on, and they are now playing a position, and they're playing it very well at the next level, and since that person has gone on to their college career elsewhere, you've looked at that position that they would have represented, and that position has struggled for you. You naturally feel that frustration. And so 
Who are you naturally going to take it out on? Well, I'm, I'm tired of taking it out on the coach who has failed to recruit that position to a high level. I'm going to take it out on the guy who could have been here. And I don't think people mean any major ill will towards it. I think it's just the over frustration that you have in a position of need that has not been solved to where you've been trying to piece it together and you look at this guy and you see how good he is, especially this year. I go back to the game that they played in Madison because that was a game where his points were up. But again, you saw sort of the complete game of what he can represent at that position where you're right, where Nebraska has not had anything close to that. So I also think maybe that's not a big part of when people boom, but I think that I think that there's probably some people that look at it that way and say, man, this is the position we need so badly solved, and look at, we could have had him. All right, let's play a little prop bet for uh, tonight, because I think this is important. I think how this game, um, did you just get the text from Sip? No. Um, I did not. He had an assignment. Oh, assignment, okay. Uh, so the, Wisconsin would so Wisconsin and their losses, they only lost four times. But when they lose, the defense goes south. They're giving up 84 points when they lose. But when they win, that offense is humming. Okay? I will be very curious because the place will be juiced. How will the game be called? Wisconsin mm-hmm. likes to screen. Mm-hmm. Okay. We, we got it on the bingo card. There's yep. at least two moving screens a game are called in college basketball. It's actually a requirement. Yep. Yep. It actually says it right on the manual. And no charges. Uh, but do they let them get away with moving screens is the game physical when mass comes out of the game usually when nebraska then all of a sudden starts giving up second opportunities now it's like mass is going to go in and just clear out the lane right but when he's out of the game teams go oh let's crank it up and so second chance opportunities happen on the other side you cannot overlook how this game will be called tonight if it'll be a lot of whistles or if they'll just let them play and if that's the case and they let him play and Nebraska puts the ball in the hands of Mast, either they run plays like a ghost screen to get him open, pop him up top of the key, and mm-hmm. like they ran early against Maryland, which was a great play that Maryland then diagnosed and they never ran it again. Um, if they run stuff like that, what is rink mass for Nebraska to win free throw totals tonight? Because I saw Husker Hoop Central had this stat on Twitter yesterday, and I went, is that even possible of his free throw attempts in conference games? What's the number of free throws that Rink Mass shoots tonight? And I'm gonna te- then I'm going to tell you what his number is in conference play. I will say eight. Yep, I'll go with eight. Now, as far as the amount of free throws he shot during conference, where does that fall? So, but I think that's high. Um, so he hasn't shot a lot of free throws mm-hmm. to begin with. So he's only shot 43 free throws. Nebraska's played 10 conference games. Again, hat tip, Husker Hoop Central. Rink Mast, how many have free throws, you say? Eight. He's shot 12 in 10 games. Oh, my God. Oh, my Lord. Would you like to take... That's so, your big man. So, this I mean, is, And I get this it. He's is, not your traditional big this man. Is a, this is an interesting look at how Nebraska attacks on offense. Would you like to take a uh, guess at the two guys on Nebraska's roster that have the most free throw attempts? Uh, I'm going to go Bryce Williams. That'd be, uh, that'd be correct. He Cut. has uh, the most at 79. And gosh, is it Jamarcus Lawrence? 
It is not Jamarcus okay. Lawrence. It is Josiah Alec, okay. who has 74 I wondered. Uh, free throw attempts. Now, it this discussion here makes you appreciate the fact that Frankie Fiddler has been to the free throw line 173 <laughs> times this year. <laughs> and he's made 152. <laughs> Wait, he missed 21? Wow. Yeah, unfortunately, Jimmy. He's pretty and, darn good. And a, and a couple of close losses. Frankie was like eight for nine. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. So sit him. So <laughs> that is a wild stat. That is. But it kind of shows you where Mast hangs out on yep, the floor. Exactly. Twelve free throw attempts in ten conference games. And that's and that's and I'll still say the number eight. If again, what you heard in the three days of getting this team prepared and physically ready to kind of accept Fred Hoiberg's challenge is I, I've been impressed, and I think other people, we've talked about this before, uh, of Rink Mast, who has played a lot more minutes than what Fred Hoiberg thought after the surgery. But then we found out that they were really limiting his his overall work in preparation. Like So his load management, something that Fred apparently threw away this week, but apparently Rink Mast was one of the guys who went right up to Fred and said, I, I need to be out there every minute, get every rep in practice for, for three days. Is that more of he's out there but in the similar role, or is is this also part of him trying to bang around in the block a little bit too? Because there have been moments, it's not a lot, but there have been moments where he'll get physical inside. There are moments where he's clearing things out. There are moments where his presence has actually been more in the paint. I get it that's not his entire game, but he's at least shown the ability to do that. So if he is able to, in a game where you know you're getting whistles inside and everybody's being physical, is he able to adjust and take his game more to the blocks? That's, to me, something that would be worth noting because if he's getting to the free throw line, then you get an idea of maybe Nebraska's finding some contributions around the perimeter besides ranked mast maybe that's actually and also you're hopefully as close to winning the rebound battle as you can or at least it's not such a disparity where you're just getting smoked on the glass now wisconsin doesn't commit fouls nope uh, they're fourth in the league i mean the 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 least amount of fouls per game called on a team in college basketball this year lives down the street creighton creighton does a really good job of guarding mm-hmm. without fouling do you know who leads the big 10 in the fewest fouls called per game Chris Collins, do not listen to this. Purdue. <laughs> Purdue only has 11 or 13.9 fouls called per game. Creighton is number one in the country at 11.1. So how tonight's game is called it's a good, it's a will good point. be, and it, how it will impact the flow of the game, if it's going to be a stop-start game or if it's just going to be free-flowing up the floor and guys are taking J's mm-hmm. and they're hitting them or they're not. But I, I, I think you... I, I know what you're saying about rink mass. I think eight is awfully high. Yeah. Oh, especially after that number, it feels high. But I would take I would take three free throws and and one so and maybe, then two yeah. on a shooting, or I yeah. would take four with he got fouled during a three point attempt. Yeah. God, that is that is very telling. And I mean, it's not surprising though when you think about his presence in a game, though. And there are just certain games where I think he is even though he's not going to out physical a lot of the bigs in the Big Ten, to just have that presence in there to where you're at least giving yourself an opportunity. 
And again, I think in order for that to happen, then you would have to have other contributions uh, beyond the perimeter. I mean, that hell, dare I even say, you might have to have some Jamarcus Lawrence contributions as well. I don't think that's something that you're going to expect, but I think that that would have maybe the the look of where Rinkmast is playing a little bit more in the paint, more so than he's used yeah. to. And then he becomes even more effective when he decides to pop out. All right, uh, 920. Brian Edwards will join us uh, before the hour's over to win you some uh, money. Uh, I... I got into my email box yesterday. I have not sifted through them, but I got uh, my uh, prop bet packet. All of them? Mm-hmm. All, all of the ones that are up in Vegas. Okay. Now, not every state. So not every state is putting up the anthem. Really? Mm-hmm. Which Reba, Reba rips through the anthem, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've studied. Do we know what the over-under said at now? Uh, I haven't got to that point. Unless you go as fast as Neil Diamond. I just, I know, I there's a segment that's like, huh? Do we know if Whitney Houston hit it? Hit the over? Oh, are you talking about the <laughs> Back with more after this.